We're speaking with golfing legend Annika Sorensen on how she is working to elevate women's golf. Plus, Amazon wants you to watch football and do your holiday shopping all on the same screen. It's Thursday, November 9th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. getting early indications that the hype from last year's March Madness Women's Final is carrying over to this season, especially around Iowa star Caitlin Clark. According to data from SeatGeek provided to the Wall Street Journal, the average resale ticket price for regular season women's basketball games was up 75% from last year, with Iowa leading the charge. Hawkeyes road games are being resold for an average of $135, and home games are up to $180. LSU, which beat Iowa in last year's final, is seeing average resale prices of $101 on the road and $76 at home. And Clark herself has become a phenomenon. Last month, she helped the Hawkeyes set the record for attendance at a women's basketball game when 55,646 people came to Kinnick Stadium, where the football team plays, to watch Clark and the rest of the team take on DePaul. And earlier in the summer, Iowa showed its love to Clark in a way that only it can, or at least chooses to, by displaying a sculpture of Caitlin Clark at the Iowa State Fair made entirely out of butter. Kind of at a loss for words on that one. Jason and Travis Kelsey are both star players on teams with Super Bowl aspirations, but which one is the better singer? You can now answer that question for yourself because Travis joined Jason and his Eagles teammates, Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata, on the second iteration of their Christmas album, which is titled A Philly Special Christmas Special. That's the follow-up to another Christmas album that Johnson, Mailata, and Jason Kelsey worked on last year, which raised over $1.25 million for Philadelphia-based charities. The second edition brings on a slew of local musicians, including Patti LaBelle, but no word on whether Travis was able to recruit Taylor Swift for the effort, but apparently the real show stealer is Mylotta, who has an incredible voice. Travis Kelsey, on the other hand, said he got a lot of help in post-production from the audio engineer. Annika Sorenstam has won three U.S. Women's Opens, three PGA Championships, a British Open, and is third all-time with 72 LPGA wins. And I spoke to her and Parity CEO Leela Srinivasan on the work they are doing to elevate women in sports. This segment is presented by Gainbridge and Parity Week. Now, very excited to be joined by golfing legend Annika Sorenstam. Welcome, Annika. Thank you. Nice to be here. And Parity CEO Leela Srinivasan. Welcome, Leela. Thank you, Owen. Also great to be here. Great. All right. So, Annika, you turned pro 30 years ago, roughly. Uh, How have you seen golf's attitude toward women evolve in that time? Wow, you said 30 years. It makes me think I'm really old, but (laughs) and maybe I am, but I've been around around the game for a long time. And uh, yeah, there's no doubt that, you know, women's sport in general has, you know, we've come a, a, you know, very long way. Um, and I would say the same thing for golf. I mean, I remember when I stopped playing, it's, you know, there was really no women's clubs. There was no really women's hats or, you know, I mean, clothing, nothing. I mean, there was no women, you know, anything. And then they started to put pink on things and made them think that that was women-like, but it really wasn't because, I mean, it's about obviously, I mean, fitting the head, the clothing fitting better, not just extra small, and the clubs has to do with the weight and everything. So, um, yeah, it's tremendous. And, of course, now, we're you know, we're – playing globally and the exposure is so much better and but it doesn't mean that it's where it should be I think we can still continue to grow the game and get more exposure and and you know create more platform for young girls around the world but I would say that a lot of good things have happened in 30 years and I'm happy to see that and speaking of where things should be Leela uh, why don't you just start by telling us about the work you do at Parity and how that ties in here of course 
Yep. So Parity uh, may or may not be new to your listeners, but uh, we've been around for about three years and our mission is to close the gender income and opportunity gap in professional sports. And the way we do that is by working with brands to create high collaboration, uh, high impact collaborations and campaigns between brands, athletes and fans, which is great for all of those different audiences. Brands win by building great engagement with passionate fans. Women athletes win, of course, by getting more money in their pockets. And then fans get more exposure to to the athletes that they love and content that they're they're craving as well. And uh, the reason that Parity Week uh, by Gamebridge came about is uh, Parity is actually the sister brand of Gamebridge, the InsureTech company. Uh, we share we share a parent company in Group 1001, and Group 1001 and Gamebridge have long been big investors and advocates for women's sports, and uh, decided to bring their uh, focus in this area uh, all together in one single week called Parity Week by Gamebridge, and that's the week that includes the Annika. Uh, LPGA tournament, as well as the Billie Jean King Cup in Seville, Spain, as well as sponsorship of the Women with Drive Summit, which is taking place in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's a very busy week, all uh, designed to really elevate and celebrate the incredible uh, accomplishments of three legends, Annika herself, Billie Jean King, and Lynn St. James in the racing sector as well. So you mentioned the Annika, which is a golf event at the Pelican Golf Club. It's the first LPGA event to be named after a former player. And so tell me about that event and and what you're most excited for. Oh, well, I'm super excited and honored to be able to put my name, you know, on on the trophy and on the event. And, um, you know, this is uh, one of the biggest purses on, on the schedule for 2023 outside the majors and the CME, which is kind of the tour. Uh, you know, finale. So it, we have a really good feel this week. And just being in here in Tampa, you know, Clearwater area, it's just this time of year, it's just going to be great. The course is, I'm just looking at outside here, it's just fabulous looking, great feel. We got nine out of the top 10, and I think we have 15 out of the top 20. So we're super excited about the field and the purse and the course. It's going to be a great week to celebrate women in a lot of different ways. We have fun activities. I mean, uh, we have a women's summit. We have junior clinics. We have a little um, veterans, um, you know, recognition, and and just you know, it's just going to be fabulous. With obviously with Gamebridge and their support, and you know, they want to make this tournament very special for everybody. And again, this to their commitment, which is perfect. The timing of Parity Week to be part of it. Yeah, and not to reduce that commitment to a number, but it there's a three point two five million dollar prize purse, which is the highest purse outside of major events for the LPGA events. Um, either one of you can tell me a little bit about what that does for the the stature and the impact of the event. When you look at tournaments that players want to play, if you look at tournaments that people are watching or tuning into, there are a few factors. I mean, one is obviously the location and the course and the field and then the purse. And, you know, to be recognized as as one of the highest out there. I mean, right there with, you know, you know, they take it seriously, if you know what I mean. It's just, you know, it's just something about it. And, you know, there's a lot on stake this year because it's, you know, the the final event before the, you know, tour championships. A lot of players here, you know, there's a lot up for grabs. Money list, player of the year, rookie of the year, you name it. Scoring average, very trophy. It's so it's, it's really important. But I also think it's the commitment from 
partners, you know, with the CEO, Dan Towers. I mean, that's where it starts. And, you know, I've heard it from uh, from Lila a few times. You know, he decides to build something and he hopes that people will come with him and follow him because it's the right thing to do. And and I would echo there. If you came here to this tournament and, and yes, there are still tickets to be bought to come out here and be part of the festivities, you will see a first-class event in so many ways. They really take good care of the players. And I think, you know, just racing the bar is, is important, you know, to see what's possible and this could be done. And, you know, it's, you know, it's not new if you look at the, you know, on the men's tour. So why can't we do it more on the ladies and just make it, you know, set the increase again, raise the bar, but then said, this is the standard, right? This is possible. So you got to do it and then people can see it and then we can all believe it. Yeah, Leela, that raising the standard thing is actually kind of where I wanted to go next with this. How do you take this week and these events and turn them into something that has a, a broader impact, you know, beyond just, you know, what, what these three events are doing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great question. I, I feel like right now, and this year in particular, has been a moment of crescendo for women's sports in general. We've seen it across uh, college sports. We've seen it across a variety of professional women's sports. Um, and, and in fact, last week, Annika, uh, Billie Jean and Lynn and myself were talking about how it feels like we might actually be at a tipping point, but that's a tipping point that's been decades, literally decades in the making. And I think the mistake that brands may think uh, may make is that the problems are solved because we're starting to hear more about tournaments like the Annika where there is a substantial purse or like the Billie Jean King Cup where, again, Cambridge came in and decided to raise sponsorship dollars to equal those of male players in the Davis Cup. But by and large, these are still exceptions rather than the rule. And so my hope is that we're still at the very early uh, stages of brands realizing what an opportunity there is to invest in women's sports, whether that is investing in tournaments and uh, in leagues and so on and so forth to continue elevating the game, or whether it's putting more money directly into the pockets of women athletes. In either case, we're still lagging far behind in a number of sports across almost all geographies. And so, uh, you know, the message to brands is to take a look at what Cambridge is doing and follow that example. There are plenty of places for you to invest heavily in women's sports. And the good news is it's like getting in early with uh, with any startup in a, in a really high growth area. There's so much opportunity and you're still able to find sponsorship opportunities that are relatively low priced for the value that you're getting. So my message would be just come on in, the water is warm, and hopefully we're at the beginning of what will be a, a, an ongoing kind of path towards equity. Yeah, and that that point about um, it being a good investment, I, I think, is key. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be cynical or anything, but it just, there's one thing, it's one thing to get in the shot when there's a moment around, you know, we're all talking about women's sports, let's all get excited about women's sports. Then six months later, are you still there? Do you still care? Um, you know, for a lot of companies, it has to be, you know, what what's the return we're getting on our investment? Are we getting the exposure we want? Are we getting the goodwill we want? And and yeah, I think more and more you can make that case that, yes, you are. It's not just like, a, you know, give your thumbs up for the picture and then move on with your life. It's, you know, this this is a good investment. And yeah, right now, the the, the prices you can get in, you know, for, for instance, like $50 million to start a WNBA team. Th- that's that number is going to go up. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> that's right. You you need only look at uh, the soccer situation where I think uh, Angel City the, the franchise was maybe three million, and then for Bay Bay FC it was fifty plus million. Uh, so that's in a two and a half year three three year period, whatever the, the difference was. So the price price tags are going to keep going up as the sports rise in popularity. So now is really an excellent time to think about diving in. Mm-hmm. And Annika, you just became a member at the Augusta National Golf Club. What does that membership mean to you? 
Well, I'm obviously I'm super honored. Um, it was a surprise. Um, I had no idea, but I must say it's been one of my highlights of my career to get that news. And like I said, it's, it's such an honor and you know, been lucky to be there in the past, obviously watching Masters on TV and, you know, now, you know, the ladies with the, um, the ANWA, the Augusta National Women's Amateur and the drive, chip and putt that, you know, it's just been, yeah, it's a great, uh, great honor. And I'm just curious, how did you actually receive the news? Like, did someone give you a call? Uh, it was from a member, a friend of ours um, that broke the news and it was just, uh, yeah, there was some happy tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very nice. And Billie Jean King said she wants you to create a women's event at Augusta National. She, you know, quickly clarified, let's give her a couple years to to get to know some people there. But uh, what was your reaction to hearing that? Well, you know, Billie Jean King is, you know, quite the, you know, advocate for women's sports. She's done, you know, more than, um, more than most, I would say. And, you know, she's a trailblazer in her thing. So uh, I appreciate everything she has done and, and, you know, when we had this panel uh, for the parody week the other day, there was, a, you know, some good conversations about how we can grow the, you know, sport in different ways. You know, I focused a lot of my energy on the Annika Foundation. You know, we have seven global tournaments now and over 600 girls that play in our events every year. And it's, it's interesting because this week at the Annika Durham by Cambridge, we have 55 uh, Annika alumni here at the event playing, you know, so and it, that warms my heart just to see that. You know, you can all the efforts we put in the last 15 years that it's, you know, you can see these players, you know, living their dream and, you know, being one of the, you know, top players um, on the tour and just, you know, being trailblazer on their own. And that's really what, you know, what excites me is to see that the young girls come up and grow and and make sport, you know, um, really make a difference in their lives. Um, and you two have already touched on this a little bit, but you know this is the inaugural uh, Gainbridge uh, Parody Week, and what does it mean to you to be part of this this first class of um, you know for for this event, which you know I expect will be perhaps an annual thing. Uh, I'll go first and say, I mean, it, it's surreal in some ways to uh, have the the honor and privilege of partnering with Annika, with Billie Jean, and with Lynn in this inaugural event. And so the question becomes, well, where can we take it next year? Hopefully to, to even more exciting places if we can even imagine what those are. But you know, in terms of what I, what I think it means, as Annika said, this is a multifaceted week. You've got uh, 180 uh, women sports competitors across the Annika and the Billie Jean King Cup competing for a combined almost $13 million in prize money. Uh, through parity, we're activating something like 75 different athletes from a very bright, uh, broad range of sports. Uh, across both social activations and in-person uh, appearances and involvement across the sports. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the competition on the course, on the court, but also the discussion off the course and off the court, where I think, again, there's still so much progress that we need to make together. And just thrilled that we're able to bring these audiences together for dynamic discussion and really some incredible uh, competition. And Annika, anything you want to throw in there? Yeah, no, I mean, Lila is a, is, she's a professional, um, you know, well said. And, you know, I think this is really neat. It's a great concept. And, you know, I think, you know, the traction has been really good. And I, I really hope we continue. I mean, there are other sports out there and there's more people to reach and more people to engage. And I think it just, 
it is so important, you know, to, to do this in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, Gamebridge is, you, you need a partner like that. I mean, they're literally driving this. And then from there, you know, uh, with their, with their resources and their power, we can make a difference. And, you know, it's so neat to see that, you know, 180 athletes are competing in these, you know, three weeks and it's, all over different sports. I mean, that just shows you, I mean, obviously sports bring people together, but I think it also brings us together for the right cause. And, you know, so I'm excited to, to be part of this and, you know, learn from other sports and maybe golf can, you know, uh, lend a hand to any others and see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lena Srinivasan, Hanukkah Sorenstrom, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Owen. Up next, Amazon is in an unprecedented position in how it can combine America's favorite sport with its favorite day to shop. We'll hear all about its plans for Black Friday with our own Mike McCarthy right after this. In a marriage made in corporate heaven, Amazon is broadcasting the NFL's first Black Friday game between the Jets and Dolphins. Joining me now to discuss is front office sports senior writer Mike McCarthy. Welcome, Mike. Great to be back, Owen. Uh, great to have you, especially on today. Uh, Amazon is already a destination uh, for Black Friday for shopping reasons, obviously. How is the Everything Store marrying football and its marketplace? Well, Amazon is going to really lean into the idea of having you shop while you watch the NFL's first ever Black Friday game. I think it's an ingenious approach. The fact that the league has never invaded this day before boggles my mind. And you could see it being a, a tidal wave. I mean, Amazon is really creating a two-free here. They're getting people to stay home and watch their screen. At the same time, they're killing the, the brick-and-mortar retailers by having them shop from home while they're watching an NFL game. Right. And that was, of course, was already an ongoing trend of, you know, you just don't see the same crazy Black Friday crowds that you used to largely because of Amazon. And now, yeah, one more reason just stay home and, and do your shopping right there. Um, and yeah, that's always been this potential uh, for Amazon once it became a sports broadcaster. I have to think we'll be seeing more of this beyond the Black Friday game. Yes, we will. I mean, I, I think what Black Friday is going to be is an experimental lab of sorts for the interactive shopping type formats we're going to see in the future. I think 10 years from now, we're going to see NFL games and baseball games and NBA games where you'll basically be able to point and click and buy the jersey of your favorite player or any other gear or memorabilia while you're watching the game with just a flick of your remote control. Uh, clearly, advertisers are interested. Brian Steinberg of Variety uh, reports that this game is already sold out ad-wise and that a lot of the advertising is going to be interactive. So it, it's going to really be a fascinating experiment, Owen. Right. And also, I mean, we, we've been talking about how Amazon's viewership numbers are, they're certainly, they're trending upward, still not as high as, you know, your CBS, Fox, NBC, or your sort of um, standard over-the-air broadcasters. But if you're an advertiser, do you want the bigger viewership um, where then if you're advertising something, someone has to then like remember that thing and go on with their lives and then later buy it? Or do you want to be on the slightly smaller uh, viewership scale, but you can, the, the person, if they want to buy it, they can just do it right that moment. It'll, um, I think over time we will see where, um, where the, 
the people buying these ads are are putting their money, but I'd have to think those Amazon ads are worth more per viewer. Yeah. And the other thing that Amazon has in its favor, which is really important to the advertisers, is they're drawing a younger audience. They are drawing an average audience at Thursday Night Football that is a full seven years younger than the linear networks. I don't know why they do this on Madison Avenue, but Madison Avenue doesn't tend to give a crap about consumers over 50 years old. It's always the focus is on youth, youth, youth. And the fact that Amazon is able to attract these younger consumers is a huge plus for advertisers. Yeah, absolutely. And before we let you go, let's also hit on the game last Sunday between the Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, Even for the viewership king, there are still higher heights to reach for the NFL. Yeah, monster ratings, uh, 27.1 million people tuned in for this game. It was in the perfect time slot that late Sunday afternoon, which is always the most watched window uh, in the NFL. But you know what? It's all relative. Uh, Fox is going to say it was the most watched game. NBC is going to say their season opening game was the most watched game. Well, guess what? In a couple of weeks, we all know that one of the Thanksgiving's games is going to be the most watched game. So if either one of them has the title, it's going to be short-lived. All right. Mike McCarthy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. That is it for today. Subscribe to Front Office Sports Today wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to send us feedback at today at frontofficesports.com or just find us on Twitter. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.